Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. The Hebrew or Jewish calendar is a lunar solar calendar used today predominantly for Jewish religious observances. It determines the dates for Jewish holidays and the appropriate public reading of Torah portions, yard sites, dates to commemorate the death of a relative, and the daily psalm readings, among many ceremonial uses. In Israel, it is used for religious purposes as well and provides a time frame for agriculture and is the official calendar for civil purposes, although the latter usage has been steadily declining in favor of what we know and call the Gregorian calendar. The present Hebrew calendar is the product of evolution, including a Babylonian influence. Until the Tanaitic period, approximately 10 to 220 of the Common Era, the calendar employed a new crescent moon with an additional month normally added every two or three years to correct for the difference between 12 lunar months and the solar year. The year in which it was added was based on observation of natural agricultural related events in the land of Israel. Through the Amoraic period, which follows the Tanaitic period, so usually considered 200 to 500 of the Common Era, and into the latter Gaonic period, this system was gradually displaced by the mathematical rules used today to determine when Jewish holidays are celebrated and when they fall. The principles and rules were fully codified by Maimonides in the Mishnah Torah in the 12th century. Maimonides' work also replaced counting years since the destruction of the temple with the modern creation era Anno Mundi. The Hebrew lunar calendar is about 11 days shorter than the solar year, and uses the 19-year metonic cycle to bring it into line with the solar year. With the addition of an extra month every two or three years, for a total of seven times per 19 years. Even with this intercalculation, the average Hebrew calendar year is longer by about 6 minutes and 40 seconds than the current tropical or solar year, so that every 216 years, the Hebrew calendar will fall a day behind the current mean tropical year, and about every 231 years, it will fall a day behind the mean Gregorian calendar year. Now, why does the Hebrew calendar sound so complicated? Well, it's complicated because those of you who are familiar with the five books of Moses, known in Hebrew as the Torah, recognize that all Torah-ordained holidays, like Passover, Sukkot, Shavuot, Yom Kippur, and Rosh Hashanah, are tied to a Hebrew month. And they are tied not only to a Hebrew month, but to a certain period of the year, time of the year. 
The Passover, which is considered to take place the first month of the Hebrew calendar, is also tied to spring. And Sukkot, which is tied to the seventh month, is tied to the fall. Because the solar lunar calendar varies from what we call the Gregorian calendar, in order to equalize the holidays falling at the right time of the year, the holidays move. And without a fixed calendar, it would be impossible to ensure that Passover took place in the spring, Sukkot in the fall, Rosh Hashanah in the earlier fall, some of the other holidays that are best known, like Hanukkah and Purim, um, also are reflected in this strange notion of the Hebrew calendar, which is why for many of you, you recognize that Hanukkah can fall at the beginning of December, or it can fall uh, at an equivalent time with uh, Christmas. In fact, often it overlaps with Christmas. The Hebrew solar lunar calendar is not the only religious calendar that seems to differ from the um, Gregorian calendar. And this morning, I want to speak with a guest about the Muslim Islamic calendar. My guest is Iman Muhammad Jabara, who for 26 years served as imam of the Cordoba Educational Center here in Ottawa. And now, having moved away from his particular clerical role in the community center of the Cordoba Learning Center, um, works in the academic world as a teacher of Islamic law, traveling throughout the world to explicate the finer points of Islamic law and Islamic texts, as well as serving as consultant to many organizations Um, who are looking to better understand their relationship with Islam and perhaps their Muslim uh, customers and co-citizens. So, Imam Jabara, I want to welcome you to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Good morning, Rabbi Garten. Thank you very much for having me on your show this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, perhaps you were able to hear my little introduction about the Hebrew calendar, the Jewish calendar, and I'm wondering if you could um, share with our listeners the a similar information about the Muslim Islamic calendar and how it impacts on Muslim holy days. So the Islamic calendar is generally known as the Hijri calendar. So Hijri comes from uh, the Arabic word Hijra, which uh, refers to migration, basically moving from one place to the other. And this, uh, mark, this is marked by the day that the Prophet Muhammad migrated from the city of Mecca to the city uh, that was later called Medina. At first, it was called Yathrib, and the city was changed. Its name was changed at the time of the Hijrah to mark the uh, advent of the Prophet Muhammad entering there. And this marks the beginning of the uh, Islamic calendar, known as the Hijri calendar. So sometimes, if you see references online, 
or in print, they would have a certain date, and then they would have AH on it. So the AH refers to after Hijrah. So similar to our uh, Anno Domini, so AD. So we have after Hijrah AH. And uh, the Islamic calendar is based on a lunar calendar, an earlier uh, pre-Islamic Arabian lunar calendar. And similar to the Hebrew calendar, it is shorter than the solar Gregorian calendar by 10 days. So each day, each year, the months migrate and they move 10 days back. So, for example, you will see that uh, Ramadan this year uh, coincided with the middle of May, whereas last year it coincided with the end of May. So next year, Ramadan will begin at the beginning of May, and so on. So year after year, it will move 10 days. Um, unlike the Hebrew calendar, the uh, Islamic lunar calendar is not adjusted. So basically every month in the Islamic calendar migrates throughout the entire year. So it keeps going in a circular fashion. So every month occurs and coincides with every month in the Gregorian calendar. Now, the month that we're in right now is the ninth month in the Islamic lunar calendar, which is known as Ramadan. Now, the word Ramadan is derived from the Arabic word Ramba, which means extremely hot, uh, scorching sands. So the Ramba was the sand of the desert when it's in its hottest uh, form, basically during the hottest time of the year. So originally, probably thousands of years ago, when the calendar was still being developed, what is believed is that the orig origin of the uh, lunar Islamic calendar was actually set in accordance to, it was not migrating, so it was set at particular times of the year to coincide with different seasons. So originally, the months that we call Ramadan now, which could occur in December, could occur, occur um, in April, so it could be a winter month, it could be a spring month, an autumn month, or a summer month, was originally uh, during the summer and coincided with the hottest time of the year, which would have been about August in our Gregorian calendar right now. So, so the um, I, I want to ask you to just clarify, if the meaning of the month, this particular month, refers yes. to the weather yes. and refers to the season of the year in which you would have warm or hot weather based yes. on the Arabic Peninsula more than uh, North America weather. Um, how would that impact if the month could occur in December on the Gregorian calendar? If I understood you correctly. Yes. So the the origin of the names uh, is not uh, taken in consideration right now. For example, one of the months is you have the month of Rabi'ul Awwal. In Rabi'ul Thani, which means the first spring, 
<clears throat> and the second spring, which originally would have coincided with the months of March and April. So the months are not uh, associated, like originally they were associated with uh, with the times of the year, with the varying seasons. And just like you mentioned, they were associated with the seasons as they occurred in Arabia, which would right. be quite different from the way they are uh, in North America or even north in, in the uh, Canaanite areas north of Arabia, where the weather and the seasons are quite different than in Arabia itself. But what happened is that the names were adopted. Right. And at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, the Arabs had a strange way of dealing with their calendar. So what they did is they had set uh, a calendar of 12 months. And out of these 12 months, they had set aside four months that were considered sacred months in which uh, they could not... uh, uh, they could not fight, they could not kill, they could not uh, perform any acts of raiding. And that was part of the way that they were able to regulate their societies. So Arabian society before Islam <clears throat> was not governed by a central power. Mm-hmm. There was no central system keeping order. It was and more tribal. Each, yeah, it was a tribal society, and each tribe had to maintain order within its own parameters and had to create alliances in order to have a level or a degree of safety. And what the uh, and because it was difficult for all the 360 Arab tribes to be uh, in, use, in unison and agree on everything, they did agree on one thing, which was that they will set aside four months of the year that would be considered sacred months in which caravans can, uh, can travel, in which people can move about without being, uh, with, without uh, being moving about unhindered, without the worry of being raided or attacked. So this but the problem was this four month period was yes. a pre-Islamic uh, Arabic society, correct? Correct. That is correct. Okay. So but I just want to make sure our listeners um, understand that there was an Arabic society that yes. was pre-Islamic. Yes, and that, that time frame would be, um, without holding you to the exact date, but remind our listeners approximately when um, Islam originated and when the prophet Muhammad, may he be blessed, um, appears on the scene and tries to unite the 360 tribes under the hegemony of Allah. So basically, the prophet Muhammad was born in the year 570 of the Common Era. So that's about the 6th century of the Common Era. Correct. Um, And just to put this in the context, this is already after uh, the establishment of Christianity as the official religion of Rome. Correct. And uh, also um, long after the establishment of uh, Judaism as an offshoot of uh, the Semitic tribes that it represented. Yes. Okay. 
And so, so they have a calendar that is um, pre-Islamic, and then there must have been a transformation into an Islamic calendar. Correct. So the official date of the beginning of the Islamic calendar would be uh, Friday, July 16th, 622. Okay, the 7th century. Correct. So that is the, the, the day that the Prophet Muhammad arrived at the city of Yathrib, which was changed, the name of the, the city was changed from Yathrib to Medina, and that is the city that is, that is the name it is still known by. But the, before the calendar was changed, the pre-Islamic Arabs <clears throat> had set four months as sacred months. But the problem was that if they, they, the, they were not consistent. So they were, they were moving months around as they please. So for example, let us say that a sacred month is supposed to be next month, but they had a conflict with a tribe that they wanted to engage in war with. They, they, they would change the month and say, well, next month we're going to do another month first, and then we're going to throw the sacred month at another time. So it was difficult for anyone to really know when the sacred months really were, because it was always a gamble based on who had power and who was able to juggle around the months. So what the Islamic calendar did is it says, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to set the calendar um, in a particular order, and the months will continue to remain exactly the same and flow the same. And what Islam did is it maintained the system of the four sacred months. So right now, in the modern era, the sacred months lie around the time of the annual pilgrimage to Mecca, which is the Hajj. So the, one of the months in which, uh, which is sacred, which is the month of Dil Hijjah, which is basically, literally translates as the month of pilgrimage, uh, lies within the four sacred months. So the way it's supposed to be understood is that uh, the, during these four months, these are considered the sacred months in which most of Islam's uh, main rituals and sacraments, uh, if you want to call them that, take place. Okay, now, um, most of our listeners are aware of the... Uh, festival known in English as Ramadan. Yes. And so that would be one of the um, sacred occasions Correct. which is enshrined in the Muslim calendar. So far, correct? Yes, correct. And that due to the vagaries of the calendar, it moves from one time of the year to another time of the year. Correct? Yes, correct. Um, and are there other sacred occasions that our listeners might know of that are as um, significant to the Islamic community as Ramadan? So the other significant, um, I would say the, the most significant other ritual that exists in Islam will come two months uh, and 10 days after the conclusion of Ramadan, which is the occasion of the great pilgrimage, which is the Hajj, when 
millions of people uh, will um, go to Mecca to perform the pilgrimage in honor <clears throat> of uh, the patriarch Abraham and Ishmael. So reenacting the the story of the patriarch Abraham at the city of Mecca, which according to Muslim tradition, was founded by the patriarch Abraham. Okay, and so before settled. we move to that story, um, the Hajj, which I think is one of the pillars yes, of okay. the Islamic faith, like the holiday of Ramadan, anglicizing the name there, um, yes. can change... Um, the time of the year in which it is called upon. Correct. So the Hajj also migrates throughout the entire year. And just like it, it's, it, but the months are set. Right. We have 12 months that go in order, but they do migrate <clears throat> throughout the year. So like the Hebrew calendar in yes. which um, Hanukkah can be at the beginning of, uh, it's always the same date in the Hebrew calendar, but yes, when right. uh, associated with the Gregorian calendar, it can be at the beginning of December, sometimes even at the end of November, Correct. or at the end to be uh, associated with Christmas, likewise with Passover, which is always in the Hebrew month of Nisan, the first month of the year, but that migrates um <clears throat> on the Gregorian calendar. It's never the same, it's always the same on the Hebrew calendar, but varies on the Gregorian calendar. Yes? That is correct. So, so the that, that's the same dynamic. Um, and In Islam, the, uh, the, the Arabic uh, concepts, are the months, the festivals take place on the exact same date of the uh, Islamic calendar every year. So right. the, the variation is in, uh, in correspondence to the Gregorian calendar. So that's Correct. exactly as it is um, in traditional Judaism. Yes, and just like traditional Judaism, <clears throat> the, the holidays in Islam begin at sunset as well. So the day in Islam begins, so the beginning of the day is not midnight. So in the Islamic calendar, right. the, the day begins at sunset. And that's until sunset the next day. And is. and is that why during the special month known in English as Ramadan, there's a fast which ends at yes. sunset? Correct. It ends at sunset because that is the conclusion of the day. Correct. Right. And um, during Ramadan, people fast from sunset to sunset or from sunrise to sunset? It begins actually earlier than sunrise. The fast begins at dawn okay. until dusk, basically dawn until sunset. And actually a bit longer. Because this holiday is so well known to the non-Muslim world, perhaps you could explain to our listeners now that they understand why some years Ramadan occurs at... Um, in May and June, overlapping because yeah. it's a month long, um, yeah. and some years it will be earlier or later. Could you explain to people why fasting is considered an essential component of this um, celebration? Yes. So the, the the fast is month long. So it is. It can last based on uh, the. Uh, the, the year. It could be either 29 days or 30 days because the Islamic calendar follows 
the, the, the cycles of the moon. So basically from depending, and the, the, the lunar months could vary from being 29 days or 30 days, uh, whereas the solar calendar can go 30 days or 31 days. And in some cases, as we saw, as we see with February, it could go down to even 28 days, right. correct? Uh, so the the fast, the Quran informs Muslims that the per, the, the purpose of the fast, uh, number one, is that it's a continuation of a legacy that was there before them. So that Christians and Jews and others before <clears throat> is before the coming of the Prophet Muhammad had fasted, and that this was an act of devotion, and that the fasting has multiple. Uh, purposes. So part of the purpose is to allow people to uh, adjust their time. So for example, the timing during the time that a person is fasting and the, you are saving uh, a meal or mm -hmm. two during the fast because you're at least skipping lunch, if not skipping the extra snacks, that, that, that the time that, you're, that you are saving from eating and preparing the food you're supposed to be spending that on uh, fixing the world. Basically, similar to the concept in, in Hebrew of tikkun ula, basically uh, volunteering, making a difference in the world, a positive difference. On the other hand, the food that you are saving, that you could have eaten, now you're able to share that with others who are less fortunate. So this is the, uh, the, the, the core purpose of the fast. On, on top of the fact that it also helps a person uh, develop empathy so that they're able to feel with those who are less fortunate. They're able to feel what it's like not to have uh, food and drink. And the Islamic fast is, uh, is complete. It's basically no liquids, no solids, so no food or drink from dawn until dusk. I'm fascinated, as you've explained it, Imam Jabara, <laughs> with the similarity to some of the concepts of Judaism. I know that you're aware, but maybe our listeners aren't, that on Passover, one of the essential messages is expressed in the prayer, Halachmania. Lo, yeah. this is the bread of affliction. Let all who are hungry come and eat, which yeah. is in the origins, one of the oldest prayers, because it's in Aramaic, not even in Hebrew, um, of the Passover Seder. So the Passover Seder um, has um, built into it a message that while the Jewish people celebrate their um, redemption from Egypt— they are called upon to look universally beyond themselves, similar to the message you've just shared about Correct. Ramadan. Now, this morning, you and I have chatted about the similarity between the uh, Muslim calendar and the Hebrew calendar, and you've um, given us a brief description of the importance of fasting in Ramadan and introduced the notion of the purpose of Ramadan as allowing the individual Muslim to look beyond themselves, to not see fasting as simply about their deprivation of eating, but their obligation to a broader world, to a world that includes um, those who are part of the Islamic community, but 
in the modern day those who might not be part of the Islamic community. Similar to, uh, and you were correct in saying, to the Jewish concept of tikkun olam. I'm cognizant of the fact that we're running out of time and that you alluded to the Hajj as being the um, recreation of the story of uh, Abraham and Ishmael, and we won't have time to discuss it this morning, but I'm wondering if I could invite you back on another occasion so we could speak about Avraham and Ishmael and Avraham and Isaac, because the Quran speaks about Ishmael and Avraham, and the Torah speaks about both of them. Um, So on behalf of Jewish faith and Jewish facts, I want to thank you for sharing such wonderful information this morning. Time has just flown by. Um, I don't know the proper greeting during Ramadan. to wish you, uh, in Hebrew, at Sumkal, an easy fast. Um, but thank you, Imam Muhammad Jabara, for sharing with our listeners for Jewish faith and Jewish facts. This is Rabbi Stephen Garten wishing you good morning and shalom. You can listen to a rebroadcast of our show at the CHRI website, where it's podcast, and also on iTunes, where it is also podcast. Good morning. Ya hasi shalom Ya hasi shalom